Welcome to the Hot Lava Podcast. Kevin AC just got back in town with the Padres, who did not go winless on their seven-game trip. They went one and six to avoid history, as it were. You, and you looked up all that history, Kevin. You had it all ready to go that the that the Padres had never had. What was it? They had never had a winless road trip of more than six games. Is that what it was? Yep. Yep, been on six a few times, and there were a few uh, back in the day, you know, when there were 11, 12 uh, game trips where they would lose in the nine, in the but then, you know, the longer the trip, the greater the odds that uh, you're going to win, and so they never had a winless trip, and that stunned me for as, you know, bad as the history of, of the club is, but they avoided it, and that's because it's baseball, and you play a bunch of games, and, uh, you know, they actually... Won the season series against the Brewers this year. I know it's so uh, it's so it's funny. You know, I was double checking yesterday before they, or not yesterday, but before they won the other day when you first told me about that. And I think there was one trip where they like won the first game and then lost the next ten. I mean, there were trips uh-huh. where they lost eight in a row and then won the last one. It was it was weird. And then looking back, there were trips they used to play like regularly have sixteen game road trips. There was that one year where they had something like twenty one straight road games, although it was broken up by the all-star break anyway that's the kind of stuff you do when the team's not doing anything much worth talking about but uh i guess you know we do have a couple places to to start with this and you know since we're all about the good news let's talk about the story you wrote today you went over and talked to lorenzo kane yesterday craig council and they were impressed with what could be the top of the padres rotation next year uh, Lamette, Garrett Richards, and Chris Paddock. So, what uh, what did you right. learn in the op- in the opponents' clubhouse? Right. If the season started tomorrow, which is the opposite of my least favorite saying, if the season ended today, right. you know, <laughs> uh, and thank goodness the season doesn't start tomorrow. <laughs> Love baseball, need a break. Uh, they were legitimately impressed. As a matter of fact, so much so, Lorenzo Kane and Craig Council that you know, I, I mean, I stayed around the clubhouse for a long time, and guys like uh, Ryan Braun. Uh, legendary with his pregame work. He wasn't around. Uh, I wanted to talk to more of the Brewers uh, hitters to see what they thought because mm-hmm. I know it sounds, Jay, I know, and we, we, you know, I think you and I are trying to be careful about it. I certainly do. It sounds like the same old stuff. Oh, wait till next year. They've got some promising guys. And I'm not saying that I, others in the media, haven't been guilty of that. You know, you watch bad baseball enough, you're, you try to look for little gems. It was so clear that this was different. Three days in a row, the Padres threw guys that they have been saying are going to be at the top of their rotation. And to some extent, we've all been like, okay, well, we'll see. And we still need to be, we'll see. But Garrett Richards was a pro, man. You could tell it right away. If you if you want to dismiss that, that you weren't watching, and you know you need to maybe shut off the, the Padres games until, I don't know, 2022 or something, because <laughs> Garrett Richards was for real. If you weren't looking through your, you know, bad colored glasses. Uh, Chris Paddock, gosh, he what more could he have done? What, not have some bad stretches? Right. Uh, because I think it's even better that he rebounded from the bad stretches. This wasn't like a, a season of him playing over his head. I think what Chris Paddock did was absolutely the best that the Padres could, could hope for, really. Um, and then uh, Denelson Lamette. He still has to work on those walks, man. But I'll tell you what, if he were to just coming back from Tommy John surgery, they would have sent him back out there to try and get strikeouts 15, 16, and 17 in, in the seventh inning. Hard to be more dominant than that. There were two well-hit balls. One of them went out of the park. There were also three walks. So, 
these guys aren't perfect, but that was three really solid games. And the way they broke down, Council saying that, you know, you've got to hit that fastball. And the thing is, on, on Lamette, you got to hit that fastball, and it's alive. Uh, and so it's not, you know, that's easier said than done at 98 at the top of the zone because he said, you're not hitting the slider. <laughs> right, <laughs> you know, unless right. you make a mistake, you're not hitting it. Uh, Lorenzo Cain on Paddock, uh, the composure, the fact that, you know, look, I hit him because he, you know, uh, and I interjected, he got stubborn with you. He's like, yeah, he threw me seven straight fastballs and one of them was over the plate. So I hit it out. Thank you very much, Mr. Paddock. Uh, and and uh, he said, and then I was blown away by how good his changeup was. And the next at bat, obviously, Chris Paddock listened to Austin Hedges. <laughs> hey, how about you mix it up with this guy? Um, and uh, they, everyone knows that when Chris gets another pitch, that curve, as much as they've tried to play it up, is not major league ready, or at least not ace ready. Uh, and then Garrett Richards, you know what was great? Andy Green sometimes uh, says some stuff and loves his players and, and, and all that. And Craig Council said the same thing that Andy said a lot of times. We talked about it around the league for years. Garrett Richards, healthy. His stuff is as good as anyone in the major leagues. So there you go. He's still got to stay healthy. But I really thought that it was a big deal. Are those three enough, Jay, in your opinion, uh, for the Padres to feel good about their rotation next year? Well, I would say no because of the, you know, all three of them have had Tommy John surgery, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so, they are the Tommy John crew. Yeah. Right, so it, I mean, which doesn't mean that they can't go out and pitch a bunch of innings next year. And, you know, Paddock could throw 180 and the other guys could throw, I don't know, 140 or something. I mean, who knows what the, what the limits will be. I think one difference between saying that when you talked about how we've heard about all this before, the difference on these three pitchers – is that we've seen now what these three guys can do. Yeah. I mean, Chris Paddock held up through a whole season, had a 3.33 ERA, uh, you know, even with some rough stretches. But, you know, he was really, he was really, really good as any pitcher, let alone as a rookie pitcher. You know, Garrett Richards, when healthy, you know, you've seen what he can do in the American League, and we saw his stuff the other night. Nelson Lamette now has done it really for, what, a season and a half if you go back to his his rookie year before he got hurt, and now uh, doing it for I think it's thirteen starts this year, so the, that's the difference I think. With but that's with those three guys. Now those three guys have to stay healthy. Even if those three guys stay healthy, there's no guarantee that that's going to be enough. I, I still have tons of questions about you know other positions on this roster, and we'll get into that oh, yeah. more as the end of the season. Uh, approaches and everything, but I and not that we haven't gotten into it for the last six months, but I do think that that's the one thing about these three guys is it's not just hoping; it's hoping they stay healthy, obviously, from a Padres standpoint. But it's not saying, okay, well, we hope these guys come up from the minors and are good. We've seen that these guys are good. Now the question is, can they stay healthy and can they maintain? you know their stuff basically that's that's made them right. that's made them good. I think if you're a Padre fan, those three guys give you reason for hope next year. Now c- can you expect to get 90 to 100 starts uh or 90 95 100 starts out of those three guys? Boy, that would be, you know, everything went right for you. I certainly don't think the Padres can count on that, but the closer that those that that trio can get to let's just say 90 starts to 95 starts even. The closer they can get to that, obviously the better the Padres are going to be next year for having their presence. 
Yeah, 80 to 90. How about that? I mean, here's the thing about Garrett Richards and Denelson Lamette. And, of course, Lamette's going to be ahead of, of uh, Garrett Richards. But Garrett yeah. Richards is going to be 32 years old. He's done this before. And, and, and you know, he's got the innings built up in him. And that is a big thing from my understanding. That's the difference between Lamette and Richards uh, and Paddock, right? Uh, they both came back, what, seven months quicker? Um, and Denelson Lamette's thrown over 100 pitches in a game this year. Oh, yeah. Uh, because yeah. he had already built up, you know, at 27 years old, had a, well, basically a full season in the majors. Um, so they, these guys, I would say, if you could get, uh, you know, 26, 27 out of out of them, maybe maybe more, if there was some like limits on, on how much they threw in certain games. Um, and you know, here's the difference, and I'll, I'll cop to it. Um, so Andrew Kashner, right? Mm-hmm. That the, I I was guilty of the the hype over him. That was built on potential. A little bit, you know, look at that stuff. Look at that 100 miles an hour. Look at what he can do. But had he done it, you know, this is, this is, this is different um, because of what you said, Jay. They've, they've shown it. Um, but with all the caveats that we've thrown in, and look, the Padres know they need to get another guy to feel really good about their rotation. And not like a number three or a number four, but a guy who's right there pushing these three guys to be the top of the rotation. Right. Although I will say that, I mean, looking at, at Kashner's numbers here, I mean, if you look at, at 2013, I mean, he had a 309 ERA. And in 2014, with 19 starts, I think he was hurt that year partly, but he had a 255 ERA. So it wasn't like he didn't, you know, that he wasn't he wasn't good and hadn't put up some numbers, uh, you know, during that time. It wasn't just hoping. I think I might have got excited about him before that. I don't know. But I might have thought that he was Well, it was still a bad trade, but that's but that's a whole nother uh that's a whole nother issue and I'm I'm sure we'll have opportunities to judge to judge more trades. Can I throw in something about this I've seen a few things where with every home run, just to get off the pitching thing and just go completely uh, another direction. Mm-hmm. I think that with every home run that Fran Mill Reyes hit, uh, you know, conjecture, uh even by some in in the media that uh, you know, trades looking worse and worse. You need to put the talk of how this trade went on hold. Oh, absolutely. It's ridiculous to even be looking at it and go, oh, this looks worse. A, this was always about the future. So right there, you shouldn't be looking at it now. Um, and I said at the start, if Fran Moreno hits 50 home runs, that doesn't mean the Padres lost the uh, the, the trade. Got to see what Taylor Trammell can do. Um, and B, so Fran Mill was going to make the difference between in this team making the playoffs this year? <laughs> no, that, that wasn't going to happen. He's not playing right field anymore, for one. And him on his own was not going to make the difference. I mean, to, to be thinking about that trade right now is it's fruitless. You're only going to get angrier and angrier. <laughs> right. And I mean, his numbers were still much better with the Padres than they have been uh, with the Indians. And I know he got off to a slow start, but I, I just don't know that Framil Reyes was a long-term answer, as we said all along, a long-term answer for a National League team, unless you could be promised that you were going to get the DH. I, I just you, can't see can't see him being a, a full-time outfielder. In the, if in the he continues league. to go, if he goes and he excels and is a star in Cleveland and, and, and all that, the way to judge the trade will be, you know, Taylor Trammell. It was that you you really did. You needed to move Juan Reyes. I'm sorry. I don't care how popular he was and, and, and how great a guy he was and how many home runs he was going to hit. He couldn't keep playing right field for you. you. But you needed to get a really good player. And so that's why you have to wait. I'm not in any way defending the trade. I'm saying, let's wait. Yeah, I mean, who knows? You know, look, Trammell, 
Trammell has shown signs, and, and he got off to a, a poor start with his new organization, and then he came on, and, and at the end of the year, and especially in the postseason, he was he was great. And, I mean, if you saw if you saw video of his home run trot or whatever, I don't even, you can't even call it a home run trot. It was like a home run, a home run dance almost uh, after that grand slam in the Texas League championship game. He looks like the kind of guy who could be a pretty fun guy as well. The trade isn't going to be judged on fun. It's going to be judged on how good of a player does Trammell become in the next three to five years, not what he does in half a season or two months or whatever it was in the minors. So anyway, that was the that was the good on the road trip. I, I can't even think of anything else there there was. I mean, Josh Naylor, I think, had had a few hits, and, and Luis Urias had a couple hits, and Seth uh, Mejias Breen hit a, hit a home run that gave him there, along with Lamette's pitching, gave him the one win. But obviously the other issue with this team right now is they're not playing well, and especially offensively, um, they're basically a disaster. Machado's been terrible. Hosmer hasn't done a whole lot lately. Hunter Renfro just back into the lineup, did hit a long home run the other day, which was funny because it happened after a pitch where he should have walked. Um, and the ump blew the call and kept him in the batter's box, and it was like, all right, so I'll hit the next pitch for a home run. But their offense is just brutal right now, and they're not winning games, And which you know we've been told doesn't really matter, but I have a feeling it is going to matter. And they just look kind of listless, I think was a word you used in your story today. What are you seeing? You were around the team for the last week, and and actually, you know, obviously for all of this time, but what are you seeing recently, and and what does this mean for the future of some players, and obviously, especially a certain manager? Yeah, I want to point out the gravity of a word like listless. When when someone like me who's been covering you know professional sports for a long time uh, uses it, uh, and I try to be responsible about words like that because any team that's losing, and Jay, you've been around it. Any team that's losing looks listless, right? From from the stands, from the press box, right? I mean, yeah. pick the sport. Uh, football, baseball, especially baseball, the pace and all that. Um, it can, but I, I will say I don't word. think – yeah, but I, I agree. I know where you're going, and I think that you can say there were times in the past with both Andy Green as the manager, Bud Black. I mean, I you know go back to, to Bochy, but especially I'm more familiar with the with, – with the black and green teams, Uh there were times in September where they still looked, they did not look listless. They were competing. And that was the same. I think you could say that about the, the teams that, that Andy Green's had in his first three years here, but this, this looks different at least right now. So what I'm going to say is going to be, I guess both could be an indictment of, of Andy Green and this team. And also like a, you know, defense of like, what does the manager have to do with it? Mm-hmm. Was was the fact that Andy Green's team, whatever, had a 16 and 13 record over the last 29 games of 2018? Wow, good job, Andy. Way to keep your team in there. Or that Hunter Renfro and Manuel Margot and uh, Fran Mil Reyes and several other players were fighting for jobs. Right. That right. Maybe have a little something to do with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Eric Lauer pitched his. You know. He, Eric Lauer, who has always been looking over his shoulder, uh, had a fantastic September. Um, so anyway, or did Andy really motivate these young fellas? Well, I think you can get by my tone what I think. Um, now this year, and I buy into this 1,000%. I'm not excusing it uh, at all, uh, but I buy into the fact that you had a slightly more veteran team, uh, especially the, the, the – 
gigantic, the leaders, the Eric Hosmer, Manny Machado, who know that 65 wins, 70 wins, 82 wins don't mean a thing. Now, again, I'm not defending it. I don't think there's any question but to say that, you know, Manny is checked out. And, um, you know, <laughs> that's, uh, he's not going to acknowledge that. I think he came as close as, as he would when I, when I spoke to him for a story that I did on the veterans just being like, you know, it, we're trying. And, and believe me, there's no, there's no way they're not. Kirby Yates got a save the other night. He's one of the guys who said it was difficult. Craig Stammen, uh, who, by the way, is, you know, pitching to show the, the Padres in the league. He can still pitch, but, but he has been good lately. Uh, you know, Eric Hosmer, home run the other day, you know, uh, these guys are trying to win, but it's different to have to go through the slog of September when a month ago you actually thought a month and a half, I guess time's flying a month and a half ago, you thought you were going to be a contender and that's all that matters anymore. Not like you can feel the disdain in Eric Hosmer's voice when he talks about like, you know, next year it's going to be guys who earned it. You know I mean? What he's saying is guys haven't earned it this year. They're testing guys out. You know, um, I know for a fact that they've made some lineup moderate uh, modifications. Like, why is Greg Garcia playing? Besides that, he's a you know really good utility guy who's earned his way on the field on this team. They don't need to know about Greg Garcia. They're playing Greg Garcia so that you know because they owe Greg Garcia that they owe Manny Machado and Eric Hosmer putting another veteran on the field so that they don't look so awful out there. Um, it's just it's a bad time to be a Padre. It just it just is. Right. No, but the question is, in the <laughs> in the executive offices, all of what you said is that is that going to be enough, or are they looking at this and saying, well, maybe you know, maybe Andy Green's not doing what he should be doing, and he should be motivating player A and player B, or do you think? And and I tend to go along. I tend to believe this that they've already made up their mind on what they're going to do, and that these last couple of weeks really don't mean a whole lot that whether they go two and 12 or 12 and two, that it's not that big of a deal. There's going to be other things will help them make their decision or have already helped them make their decision. Well, in a strict journalistic sense, Jay, I will say that I don't know. That's in a strict journalistic sense, because, you know, uh, the funny thing about when you're doing these sorts of things, right? Like a podcast is you haven't gathered all your information. But sure. I'm in the process of doing that. And I would Right That's now. a fair answer, though. To say I don't know is something that yeah. That but I you, would lean you, toward what you're what you're saying. You know what you're saying, right. and and that it can't be, it cannot, it is not a good reflection on Andy. Do I think that it will mean that he will be fired? I I, I don't know. It's not it's not good, and there are issues uh, that you know. Probably there are issues that the Padres are, are concerned about uh, in terms of what is the progress that has been made with this team. Right, and I will say that we are expecting a column later today that I believe maybe even by the time this podcast people are listening to this might already be on the website from Bryce Miller, our colleague and columnist here, that will uh, sort of lay out the cases for the case for and against. Uh, Andy Green, and and uh, that will be in the Sunday paper as well. And I, I think it hopefully it will be a comprehensive look at at the reasons. You know, if you want to see Andy Green come back, here are the reasons you can use as as your uh, uh, your well use your reasons as your reasons. Uh, and <laughs> if you don't want to see him come back, here are reasons for that. So 
I, I think, you know, most of the people out there have already made up their minds. Those people <laughs> don't matter in the sense of whether he comes back or not. The people that matter are people like Ron Fowler and, and Peter Seidler and A.J. Preller, and we'll find out soon enough what, uh, you know, what they think. Look at the, I think we need to look at the coaching staff, too. I say we, you know, obviously, again, the people that matter, but uh, you know, there's only so much the manager, right? I mean, I, we very well could be looking at, what, a 10th hitting coach uh, in, in the Petco era, and now, yeah, I mean, maybe it, not. There have been improvements, but holy smokes, there's also been some regressions. Yeah, and I think, I mean, I've I've talked for, for years about, I, I just don't, I, it, it can't be the hitting coach, because... They've gone through so many of them that they can't yeah. all be terrible hitting coaches. So no. it comes down to they don't have enough good hitters on this roster. And, and how about this? And this is something that has been addressed. And unfortunately, it's, you know, we don't have someone down at every uh, affiliate covering them on a daily basis and talking to people. Um, but, you know, you hear things about the past development staff and you see it coming up players on other teams when they get there um now obviously we don't cover the other teams as closely as this one but they're coming up through the minors learning how to hit a certain way and these Padres players aren't and also this they they've been developing guys at the major league levels Manny Margot and Austin Hedges and Hunter Renfro have spent their triple A years uh in the majors <laughs> right know? right um and so now they have revamped their development squad, and that's why I say it'll be a few years before we can say, "Oh, when Luis Camposano comes up, uh, and, and these types of players, uh, what, what are they doing?" Uh, I mean, obviously, Fernando Tatis is extremely gifted, well, but right. he's also shown a certain way that we're going to attack at bats. So you know, it's not like the, by the time you get to the majors, you know, there's some things that should already be <laughs> this should already be ingrained in you. Well, and right. these guys, some of them are learning here in the majors. That's a problem. And that's what I've always said is that guys, you know, it, it's the minor. By the time you get to the majors, you should know how to play baseball. I mean, I mean, so <laughs> the idea that that all this coaching and development and everything, you know, changes that much at the major league level is just not something that I've believed in 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 the past. I mean, and I I'll go back to you know, look, Bruce Bochy won his two thousandth game this week. It was a big deal. He's had a fantastic career. Nobody made a big deal the next night when he lost game. He lost his 2023rd game. So if Bruce Bochy knew everything about what it was to develop players and get players, you know, to play above their level and all that kind of stuff, you know, he would he would have a winning record in the in the regular season. So and again, takes nothing away from Bochy. It's just it always comes down to players and the Padres have not developed players. I mean, look at when the Dodger guys come up. It seems like every, now. I'll say this, a guy like Will Smith came up and was on fire his first few weeks or whatever, and then he went into a terrible tailspin. Is that because Dave Roberts and his staff did a terrible job? I I, kind of doubt it. So I just think there's so much more that goes into it in terms of development. I mean, the Padres, you know, Tatis Tatis basically went through their system and came up and was great. Paddock, you know, was developed Uh after his the beginning of his career and came up and was great they've had some relief pitchers who have come up you know Munoz Bednar I mean these guys uh have looked really good when they've uh when they've come up but the idea of well let's see what happens they've made some changes let's see what happens when Luis Camposano and these guys come up people that's something that I fans are tired of hearing and I don't blame them I mean we've been we've been hearing that for so for so long 
But it's a whole organization uh, issue at this point. And whoever the manager is next year, and whether it's Andy Green or it's Rod Barajas or it's Moises Alou or it's Mike Sosha or Joe Girardi or all these other people that are, are mentioned, the Padres will be better next year. And that's what, and that's if Andy Green stays or goes, the Padres will have a better record next year. I feel safe in predicting in predicting that. So that's for a lot that, of reasons that we've been over, including that starting rotation. Yeah, they'll uh, have better players. That's my uh, that's you know that's my prediction. And so, so you're right, and that's why I said the pro- problem with some of this judgment is that it's going to take a few years. So wait a minute, let's talk about now because that's what the Padres say is important. Well. It's, it's, we wrap it up here, and we'll talk about it as uh, you know, uh, maybe the, the podcast after the season. Um, it's time to start making trades and to give up some of their pieces to get real players. All right, I don't. Th- I think with that currency, the Padres don't necessarily have to clout on the free agent market. You you fill uh, some of your holes with the you know excess players that you have uh, now easier said than done sure but so is easier said than done signing free agents so it's time to actually get some players and and we, you know if I mentioned uh, where we'd be talking for another half hour but right. we all know where the holes are but I will tell you that being and they didn't want to do it this year because of all the development but being in Milwaukee drove it home what did the Brewers do they signed a third baseman and a veteran third baseman and put him at second base because that made their team better. Mike Moustakas. Like, that's what the it, that's what the Padres need to do next year. Like, acknowledge you've got holes. It's no longer development. And and if you don't think Luis Urias, and believe me, there have been questions in this organization for a long time, then go out and get a veteran second baseman. And, and you know, that's what you've got to do. It's uh, There are way too many holes. And so for the now, it's like, all right, this development thing, that's great. But let's keep doing that down in the minors. It's time to get some players at the major league level. Right. And the one thing I'll say about the trades is, in terms of using these chips that they have, that's assuming that other teams value these chips as that's much why as... easier said than done. Right, the Padres mm-hmm. do. But anyway, for good reason, we didn't talk about the series coming up this weekend. Arizona will be here. They are 78 and 75, which means they have little to no chance of making the playoffs. Merrill Kelly and Eric Lauer on Friday. Uh, Zach Gowan and Cal Quantrill. It'll be interesting to see that. Quantrill, uh, if he can get out of this slump on Saturday. And then uh, a couple of veterans, Robbie Ray and Garrett Richards, will pitch on Sunday afternoon. Then there will be a day off. And you and I will talk again uh, to everyone out there on Tuesday before the final series at home this year against the Dodgers. Thanks, everybody.